Welcome, welcome, welcome to We Could Be Wrong, but who cares? I'm Anderson. Co-host Christopher Harris. This is Renee. How you doing? I'm Kevin Trainer. It's Sean. And Mike. All right. All right, cool. I just want to start off with uh, very important news. Uh, uh, Ron Jeremy has been indicted. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that, has he been indicted? Yeah, for 30 counts of sexual assault. That fucking dude. Ron Jeremy. Ron Jeremy. 1980s oh, porn star. Oh, I trust me. I know Ron Jeremy. How do you know Ron Jeremy like that? He's watching. He's from my age of porn. Me and Mike probably know him really well. Me and Mike were probably friends with him. That's fucked up, Mike, that Sean just brought you into this thing and you're like. Dude, Mike, do you know Ron Jeremy? Yeah, I know who Ron Jeremy is. Okay, I was going to say, he's our age, dude. He's our age. All right. I didn't mean nothing by that that Mike is a porn fanatic. I'm just saying he's my age, and that's Ron Jeremy's time. Oh. Okay. Uh, Good start, Anderson. Yeah, terrific start. (laughs) So. That was good. Let's go with, you know, Pfizer finally being, you know, approved. Now, will this change people's minds? I have a theory of no, it's not going to change a majority of the right conservative white right ring attitude towards the vaccine. I don't think it's going to change your mind. Let me start actually with Kevin and what he believes. Do you believe it will have more people take the vaccine? Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's definitely going to be a percentage where, um, an official FDA approval does tip the scales and they feel like maybe enough time has passed and maybe now the traditional methods have caught up. Yeah. That's it. I don't think it'll be that many. I don't think it'll be that many. No, I don't think, I mean, I don't think it's going to be the final, you know, everything. There's going to still be that element of difficult people for sure. But the issue is it allows mandates because now it's officially approved. It's not. Yeah. So it's going to allow mandates. Yeah. Well, do you think the Biden administration is going to push for mandates? I think states will. The federal government doesn't have to. States can. They've already have. Renee, what's your thoughts? Um, I think people are starting to realize that the t- vaccine's good. Uh, personally, uh, at my job, two people caught COVID after the vaccine, but it was very mild. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that people are starting to realize that Without the vaccine, you can get severely sick. With the vaccine, uh, you're like less than one percent likely to get severe, severely sick. So that's that's a good point, Renee. So I looked up numbers from the CDC, real quick. I know that we're going through this stuff, but I looked up breakthrough breakthrough hospitalizations and deaths from people that have been vaccinated compared to people that haven't been vaccinated. So the lowest rate right now of breakthrough hospitalizations is. Point zero, I mean, point one percent of people hospitalized in Georgia, point one of everyone hospitalized with COVID was vaccinated. The highest percent of hospitalizations is Utah with 4.3% of people that have been vaccinated. Deaths, 
the lowest rate of deaths, again, was Georgia. 0.2% of people that are vaccinated died from COVID. And the highest was in Maine, surprisingly, surprisingly to me, 5.6. So 5.6% of people vaccinated with a total percentage of deaths in Maine this last month. So basically that means 94.4% of people that died in Maine were unvaccinated. Yep. So I think people are starting to realize now that the vaccine helps. I mean, Agreed. it's proven now. Okay. I uh, saw a chart similar ahead, to that, but it was San Diego. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the chart was like, uh, I don't know numbers, but let's just say there's a large square and each and in each square there's a little head and there's over like a hundred heads on the unvaccinated side. And then there's like three heads on the vaccinated side of deaths. California so, was 0.5% of people died in August were, were vaccinated. Yes. So, I mean, I think people are going to use that as an excuse now as like, okay, now the FDA approved it. Now I'm going to get vaccinated. But knowing that they want to get vaccinated, they just want to save face. Amen. You know, the other knuckleheads that are against it. You know what? I think you're, I think you have wishful thinking. I think people are stupid and I'll say it again. Um, you know, I think even though it's been FDA approved, people find excuses not to take it saying, well, uh, wasn't it rushed that, you know, it, it's, it's only approved because it was rushed. Uh, they're going to think some other conspiracy theory reason. And I'm not just talking out my ass when I say this. This Saturday, uh, former President Trump was, was giving a rally to promote, uh, gosh, what's his name? Sean Moe. Uh, Mo Brooks. Moe Mo Brooks. He's running for Senate, correct? Yep. So he went to go support him. And I'm going to play uh, something that President Trump said. Uh, it's playing now. Oh, sorry. That's my fault. I have it on mute. made it right now. We did a great job on that. The ventilators, the equipment that we got, the cupboards were all bare, everything that we did. And then we developed a vaccine, three vaccines in three months, mm-hmm. in nine months. And actually, I'll tell Terrific you, f- feet, it was by the three way. days less, three days less than nine months. And it's great. And you know what? I believe totally in your freedoms. I do. You got to do what you have to do. But I recommend take the vaccines. I did it. It's good. Take the vaccines. But... There you go. You got, no, that's okay. He that's starts getting right. booed by the people. You got your freedoms. President Trump reads the room and says, take the vaccine. you got your freedoms. If it doesn't work, you'll but I got the vaccine. Okay. I'll call up. So I think people, I think it's bigger because, you know, people would say, oh, it's just a political thing. It's, you know, it's, uh, but I think it's bigger. I think it's, it's become like a Frankenstein beast. I think you know, a lot of the people that were sour and sore about former President Trump not being reelected shitted on the vaccine. They also, uh, let me put me down way too loud. Uh, I, I think they really talked bad about the about the vaccine and they really put a lot of doubt in it and fed a lot of the so-called doctors, you know, really quack theories about the vaccine and now it's gotten way out of control uh i think that this is become ridiculous i think we need to mandate it and i know a lot of people think i believe in freedoms being taken away but you know what i'm tired of constantly needing a mask wherever i go 
And I wish I could agree with you, Renee, and say, well, you know, now that it's fully FDA approved, people will now say face and they could take it. But you know what? It's become a beast that no one can control. And why we choose to keep these dumb conspiracy theories is beyond me. Anyone disagree with me? No. I do. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be. I, I, I agree with Renee that it, it is a nice, very handy excuse for people to finally say, okay, okay, you know, I was kind of waiting to make sure it was legit. So yeah. now that it's seriously legit, you know, and it's gonna, that might move. That might move um, 10%, Chris. There's always going to be a number that you're talking about. Uh, I, you know, put a number on it, Chris. What percentage are going to be the, the hardcore beast? What percentage would you put that at? The hardcore beast, I'm going to put at a percentage of over of, of over 70%. So I'll give a solid number of 78%. So That's what I'll do. Of that, that's still, yep, yep, that high, yep. So yep. you're saying basically wow. 80, 80% of the people that have not been vaccinated are dug in and are not yep. going to get vaccinated. That's right. Period. Yep. Remember, you're the okay. same guy who thought the Republicans were going to wake up and stop Trump. <laughs> Sorry. I don't mean to sound like an asshole. Last, <laughs> you guys they also did. didn't agree last week when I said that the Pope make, would make a difference. You guys said, no, it won't. Well, not a difference at all. I think people have more faith in, in the Pope, the Catholics, than they do in Trump, I hope. Like I said, it's beyond Trump. Trump is saying, I recommend you take it. I think that's the, that is very responsible. I, I applaud former President Trump for doing that. I am grateful he did that. And, oh, and those people. Here's, here's the thing, Chris. Yes. Before COVID, the anti-vaccine, the, the anti-vaxxers movement mm-hmm. was huge already. So that movement started a long time ago. And it's been growing throughout the years because more and more people are not vaccinating their kids. And this was before COVID. Yes. So you got to take that into consideration. You know, a lot of these people are those same people that before COVID were acting like that. Right. I think there's a lot of people that kind of listen to the conspiracies, watch the videos on on YouTube, watch the videos on all these uh, social media networks. And, um, but now I think, I really do believe that people are getting scared, even people that are anti-vaxxers, I think that, uh, they're getting scared. I'm I'm not talking about the hardcore ones that were anti-vaxxers before COVID. I'm talking about the ones that kind of, uh, got on, on the train with these people. And now I think they're really getting scared. I think they're going to say, Hey, it's been approved. I'm just going to go ahead and get it. Cause I know personally of two people that refused to get it because it wasn't FDA approved. And now that it is, they're saying they're going to get it. So that's where I'm coming from. As well as I, and what uh, Bill Gates, Bill Gates was um, injecting something into the, into the vaccinations that were being spread throughout the world. Right. Wasn't, wasn't that one of the big conspiracies? Yeah. 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 Well, there was a new video, a doctor came out just recently. You could probably look it up. The newest one. Yeah. And uh, he's saying that, you know, people are going to die within six months and all stuff. Okay, I've already had it for over well, six months. Yeah. And I'm not dead. So my organs are going to start to fail, all this stuff. And I'm here, right? So you're not, gr- you're not growing a tail or no tail. 
No nothing. Okay. No nothing. See, and what happens to this guy? Is he is he a legitimate doctor? A real yeah, he's a legitimate doctor. If you look him up right now, Chris, say uh, tick. Uh, what is it? I think the video originally came out on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Uh, doctor on TikTok. Uh, COVID. Just put that. And and he comes out. He's on, he's at a a meeting like in um like a, a city council meeting, and he he comes out and he starts saying all this stuff. You might be able to play it, Chris. I mean, it's a really good video. I'm looking for it now. Uh, do you know uh, what he looks like by and? Yeah, but... he's bald. He's bald. Okay. This is doctor on TikTok. Uh, just put doctor on TikTok. And put COVID nineteen or okay. COVID. Gotcha. I'm on it. Yeah. Well, I think. I think, unfortunately, as more um, 30 and 40-year-olds die and more children are affected seriously, um, that's going to be what it takes to convince some of the hardheads that, you know, maybe this might not be a bad idea to protect your own children. So, yeah, I mean, to your point, I mean, it's a situation that kind of works itself out. Like, I mean... Like Sean said, I mean, if you're vaccinated, you're basically statistically safe. So, I mean, so there's enough like actual consequences, like real world consequences that are a driving force in that direction that lead you to where like may our mandates like needed. Like, I mean, if I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, if there's enough, if there's enough of a, you know, moral consequence to this situation, like you're either going to get scared enough to do it, or it's that deadly and things will get real bad for that uh, segment of the population. Um, It's kind of like natural selection. I I hate to say it, but it's natural selection. Bringing it back. It's very dangerous right now that Democrats are in power and they're they're uh, making a lot of moves right now where they want to take, they want to do this with uh, social media. They want to silence this people, silence that people. They want to mandate this, do that. Can you be a little more specific, Renee? Well, I mean, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty vague. Yeah. 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 They're probably so, it because they're spilling bullshit. Yeah, yeah. No, here's, here's just what I mean by that. I, I was listening to a yeah. radio show and uh, I, you know, I didn't take notes, but they were talking about a lot of things that the Democrats are trying to do right now that that can become dangerous in the future because then it opens up the door for a Republican later on if they become into power and it's worse than Trump to have all these powers now that it could backfire um I see what he's saying you yeah. know what I'm saying so yeah, I just I, I, do. I, know, I, know see I don't either. No, no, no. It's so, so, so pretty much I've, I've actually heard this theory before and I actually heard this theory from, uh, go ahead, Kevin, you, 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 you want to talk about this? Yeah, no, no, it's no a very go ahead. Common, it's a very common argument that, you know, you got to watch the powers cause you never know who's going to get them. It's, yeah, but I haven't yeah, seen yeah. anything coming up from the Democrats yet. That well, they're trying to okay. power. No, no, no. It, um, oh man, I wish I was more prepared. Actually, it was, um, Joe Rogan talking to Lex Friedman. I know exactly what you're talking about because I saw the same thing. Don't listen to Joe Rogan. (laughs) They were talking about all the things that Democrats are trying to do. Let's be reasonable. It sounds good, right? Yeah. But but at some point, powers change hands and someone worse than Trump comes along. We're taking away freedoms that we may not want taken away. 
I mean, I can give an example, like a vaccine passport. If we were to to vote in, yeah, you can have a vaccine passport. You've now given an avenue for the government to check your medical records. Yes. You don't have that already? Wait, 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 we don't have that already, guys? No, there's, I, there's that law, the HIPAA Do you have law an example? No, 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 HIPAA doesn't stop that. HIPAA me, is guys, strictly for the medical offices to, to not right. expose people's on, personal hold information. Hold on. You hold have on. to Today, show your on, immunization records for kids to go to school. Oh, hold on. That's true, but Today, you show them. Today, they, you show them. Hey, hold on, guys. One, one person at a time. We can't overtalk each other. I'm sorry. Go for hold it. On. Today, I went to two different – or actually, yesterday, I went to two different properties. Right. And they refused to let me in to check elevators unless I showed them my vaccination card. Okay. Okay. That is private information that's no. protected by HIPAA. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's sure not. It is. That's my medical record. I agree. No, it's, it, but, but okay. it's, it's hold a on. choice Sean. they make. Sean, you're coming at it wrong with but them. That, that hold on. Hold on real quick. My I... private information. No, okay. I share oh, that with anybody. Renee, yes, that yeah. is your private information. That is a fact. But the thing is, HIPAA doesn't pertain to you. HIPAA pertains to medical offices, so they're more structured in how they have people's medical records. So if I have my own practice and you're one of my patients, when you're not my patient or during a certain allotment of time by my license rules and regulations, I have to get rid of your your records appropriately and not well, just throw them in the fucking dumpster. Well, it just it just means that I can't give your medical information out to somebody that's not part of the medical treatment team. Okay. It's basically what HIPAA relies on. But I have to give my medical information out to every Tom, Dick, and Harry that asked for it? No. There's no, not at all. Guards. You don't. You don't. But you don't have to I work there know. either. Renee, are you giving your personal information when you were uh, 24 and they asked for your driver's license so you could buy alcohol? Were you giving them all of your personal information then? That has nothing to do with my medical record. Yes, I mean, you're not been, showing that may be information. Showing, it's personal information, them. not medical information. You're not showing them medical, medical information, information. I meant medical all, information. All no, I understand what you meant. All you're showing them is that you have been vaccinated twice, right? That's all it says on there. True and right? where and, it gives you and true and it gives numbers and a date. It gives a, a batch number and it gives a date. Now, what from that? What are they going to get off of your medical record? Nothing. Well, that's where the argument goes so to like a press. Okay, so vaccination. Okay, let me go. Right? But then, what else can it lead to in the future? Okay, well, you so you do it now, Renee. This is okay, the issue. Hold on, guys. Guys, I really want to talk about this because the well, thing is, we're fucking up here. Because, well, because let, let, let me explain why. Let me explain why, Sean. Again, a lot of people are feeling like Renee, and I know Kevin somewhat agrees with him a little bit because people feel that way. It and again, this is what we talked about. I think two weeks ago or last week, where we talked about people. Not being dumb, but just don't know the total information. He feels that he's protected by a law that doesn't really pertain to him, but he no. feels that way because he's because people we have we have congressmen yeah. and senators using that fucking argument. Okay, Which so is wrong. I understand that, but you just telling them it's wrong isn't going to make them be like, "Oh shit, so, it's wrong." But so I'm, I'm what explaining HIPAA to is, you. HIPAA uh -huh. is basically stops medical people from sharing information with your insurance company with other facilities. 
That's all HIPAA is. Okay. I can't give your medical information. If you are my patient, I can't give it to somebody else or insurance company. That's without, all HIPAA does. Without your permission. Right, exactly. I can actually give it to another treating provider without your permission. If they're treating you, I can give you the information I know about you. That That's the HIPAA law. Okay, so what if I don't want people to know my personal medical information? Well, then you don't have to yeah, go to that exactly. facility. You don't have to, you know, even though... It's not a right for you to go and repair that elevator. It's a privilege. Right. If they right. don't want you to repair it because you won't give them their information, sign. So what? They'll get somebody else. Yeah, it, it, you that's, 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 that's where That's where it becomes dangerous, though. Why? Because... Because it could open and, up more doors to bigger things. That's his. That's his whole argument. Now you're giving up. They're giving up your rights, dude. You're giving up, like, okay. You so don't have I no. There's no right. I can't. There's no right now. for you to go I in that building. Renee, no, there's, no, there's no right for you to go in that building, Renee. No right. Okay, for go go for it, Kevin. I I, I know you want to yeah, say something. Yeah. Please go give it a well, shot. I mean, I think the the bigger danger that ends up happening in this situation is if there's like sort of a uh hedge uh hedge on, hedge on, Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. Where everything it's is all money. one, where you don't have any options. If there's more things that are decentralized, you know, then it's like, well, if that one elevator company wants you to do the specific thing, well, then there might be a bunch of elevator companies. But when things get very concentrated in that sort of way, and then that becomes the prevailing wisdom, there ends up uh, a lot of times the other avenues to be able to, you know, sort things out your own way become so, limited because too met, there's too much of a, of a consensus um, and not because of, you know, the quality of the information, just because of how concentrated uh, the authority is coming from. So my point is, does that company have a right to protect their employees that they're bringing Renee into or they don't? Of, of they can course. say, Renee, come in. Yeah, we don't care if you're vaccinated. Where, Come where, in. where does this stop, though? No, like, I have a right happens, to protect. What happens, no. Hold on. What happens if someone comes in power and says, okay, now we all got to have this chip now installed into us that has all your information? And you know what? You can't come into my company unless you have this chip. Then that's your option. You can say, no, I don't want you the chip. What? I won't no, put that's company. Because dangerous, though. Why is it dangerous? Because we're giving more and more power with, Let me with, explain our, with, with Maybe. us, with our bodies to. The, what if they the say, government to say you need to get this, you need to do that. Dude, the you government has whatever they want already work. on you. Okay, you, you know what? Work. I kind of feel like we're kind of spinning our, our our wheels here. Kevin, do you have one thing to say? Yeah. Well, what if? The, yeah. What? I mean, I, I get kind of where Renee's coming from. It's like, well, what if the grocery store says you need this chip, and now it's like to well, purchase groceries. Now I need the chip because yes. if there's only five grocery stores. And there's not, you know, enough local produce or doing whatever you got to do. Say that again, no, Anderson. That's ridiculous, dude. You got to think about. But, but why, Anderson? They just ask you for okay. your. They just ask you for your vaccine card because people are dying okay. of COVID. So I'm just, I'm just trying to lay out the logical argument. Yeah, no, and and and, 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 and I understand this, but this is this is this is what's tearing this country apart. Is yep, that exactly. is is that is that the thing is we're going a bit to the extremes. Yes, there's yep. a there's an absolute possibility that could happen, but we have to be aware enough to be like okay we're gonna have to vote these laws in is showing a vaccine passport going to make me give up more and more if so let's have you know let's sort of have these sort of uh i'm lost the word these sort of safety 
gates well, to prevent well, that. Well, there's the argument that we're making right now that the, the government doesn't even really need to make these regulations. There's like, I mean, there's such a concentration in influence where it's if the concentration and in influence of, how. Uh, I mean, I mean, there's five airline companies. If the five airline companies kind of want to come together and be like, we have monopoly laws, be, correct? Say that again. Only, only one, only one has given a uh, COVID mandate so far. United Airlines. Right. The other I, one don't, I, I don't. Yeah. I, and but I, I'm not saying. I'm not saying. I'm pushing back on whatever. Kevin because he says, "What if they all? What you know? As in they merge? As in one one airline and have even merge? But if uh-huh. they uh, agree that." Make in order to fly, you need to be X, Y, Z. They've effectively. Well, that's know, their choice. They're, they're private companies. Right. But, the, but my point is, and, and I agree with you, they are private companies. That is a choice. But if there's only five private companies in the entire industry and they are all agreeing in, in lockstep, then there is no choice. No, there is. Then you pay. Oh, no, you pay okay. extra then, to go. Then, it's, then it's you I either mean, fly or you don't cool? fly. Yeah. Renee, go for it. Shoot. Not. Okay. You know what? I agree with Sean. Leave it up to individual companies. Don't don't. If it's the government, it shouldn't get involved in people's decisions. Oh. Where yeah, can you smoke, Renee? Where can you smoke? Outside. Who made I that decision? I, I, look, you're talking about it's the companies, right? Individual companies' decision. Right. Let's right. not get the government involved where they don't need to be involved. Who made government? Who made because, decisions on where on, you can smoke? Because then you start giving away. Your, they start taking your freedoms away. Okay. Because someone can come in power that's a lot crazier than Trump, that's crazier than Biden, and all of a sudden have the government mandate this and mandate that. And guess what? Now the government controls our lives. I understand. understand. I'm going to close. I'm going to close there because we have a very important guest today. Uh, that, you know, Renee made valid points. So does Sean. This is the reason why we're separated because we're not communicating well with each other. We have to respect the other person's feelings and I know a lot of conservatives say, oh, did I hurt your feelings? But the truth is both sides' feelings get hurt or both sides feel like, look, you're not hearing me. We need to figure this out. And we'll continue with this talk because COVID obviously is going to stay with us throughout this whole year. So um, we're going to go next on to Afghanistan and what's going on. Uh, breaking news was um, a majority of Americans were turned back at the airport in, in Kabul because of security reasons. It is getting out of control. I do want to ask our next guest because he actually spent time there. He fought there. He's he's a retired major now. At that time, he was a captain when he was there. He had a team. He's a team leader. And uh, there's a great uh, news article I will be attaching to our episodes and all of our major platforms, Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitch, that you could read about this terrific uh, you know, soldier that's now home safely with us who is working hard to try to bring his interpreter to the U.S. And I'm going to ask him about that. Each one of us is going to ask this gentleman um, a couple of great questions. But before we do, I would like him to introduce himself. He has been on the show previously, and it's an honor to have him back. Are, are you ready to introduce yourself, sir? I sure am. Please do. Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you again, team, for 
letting me come back here. You know, it's interesting how the universe just pulls us back together in interesting ways. Uh, my name is uh, Richard Ruiz, formerly known as Major Ruiz, and um, as of two months ago, Dr. Ruiz, after finishing my dissertation, defending it successfully. Doctor um, of what, Richard? Of educational leadership. So every superintendent who you see running school districts, they have their doctorate in educational leadership. That's the practice is actually running educational institutions. And um, I just want to say that, you know, it, I'm extremely happy to be here. I mean, it's been a roller coaster ride and we can get into that, but uh, served 21 years in the Marine Corps, had a pretty gruesome deployment when I had this interpreter. And after that, I did do other deployments to Afghanistan, but it wasn't the same type of intensity. That was nine months of traveling throughout the whole region. Um, but I'm standing by for whatever questions. There's a lot I have to say, but I'll let you guys um, guide me to what you, you're interested in learning about. Anderson. I had a question. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I, I, Anderson's got to have, he's going to go soon. Anderson, can you begin, please? And then, and then we could go to Renee. Yeah, what's going on right now? The question is, was it a waste of time? And what was the reason? Because it, it feels like, you know, I was never been in the military, and we're looking into what was going on. And it feels like it was just, why did we go there in the first place? It felt like Vietnam, where we have the issue there. Why did we go? Okay. So I think that's a multiple, there's multiple reasons. So it's not just one. Initially, we all know what it was, right? It was all right. Osama bin Laden was there conducting operations, guiding, directing, and executing from the Jalalabad area. Um, so we initially went in there to take him out, and then it turned into toppling the Taliban, who we said were aiding and embedding him. And helping him out, right? And and going there to take him out, it became, you know, nation building because education would did not exist for young girls for their families. So we kind of took on that responsibility with the Germans, British, Canadians, French, um, and other allied forces that I operated with over there in order to help this country develop a government where they could enjoy their freedoms. And I would argue that uh, that we made a huge difference for the quality of life for a lot of Afghans. I saw firsthand the, the giant shift and change in between guys who shaved getting slapped across the face by Taliban to people being able to dress differently, be out in the open, and participate in a capitalistic type of society. So I would say that... Uh, is that our responsibility? You know, I don't think so. I don't think it's our responsibility to go nation build. Did it provide some some positive outcomes? It did. And as a result, it also provided negative outcomes. And that's what we're dealing with now because the government didn't, didn't stand alone. Yeah. Now, you guys are out there, you know, according to what I read and see, to help the military fight against the Taliban. Why wasn't there a bigger fight? Why was there a bigger push towards the Taliban? Okay, Why so, did they take over so fast? So I believe that this whole idea of them taking over really fast is, is history is going to show that it was an exaggeration. 
And I say that because I know the countryside. I've been through all the provinces. Even though the, the news tries to, tries to, you know, make it all like, oh, they took, this is all red now. And this is all, that's, that's BS. There's, it's impossible for us or anyone to just have complete control of whole areas, right? So some of that is just propaganda and adding fuel to the fire. Um, but the reason why the Taliban never disappears and the reason why the Taliban will never die, it will just multiply, right, is because it's the gangs of Afghanistan. Taliban is like, why is there still Norteños? Why is there still Sureños? Why is it after all these years and everything, why do those things, those ideas, that ideology and that culture exist? It's the same reason why there's still a Taliban, right? And, and just to give you a little bit of history, just to give you history so it can make sense, let me make, let me make it make sense for you. So you have Afghanistan, and then you have a contested area called Waziristan, right? And then you have Pakistan. So in between Pakistan and Afghanistan is Waziristan, where all the madrasas are at, where all the training schools for the Taliban are at, where all the money from what would be like the CIA and the Pakistan are filtering money because that area, Waziristan, is an area that is contested. It originally belonged to Afghanistan, but they had made a treaty and a deal that one day when Afghanistan has a functioning government, it would be given back to Afghanistan. And this is a very, very important place. This was Ziristan in the middle. So if you talk to any Afghan, like my interpreter, even when I was there, all of them were pissed because they wanted to go invade Waziristan and invade Pakistan because they were saying that Pakistan was funding the Taliban, providing weapons, filtering everything through them to destabilize Afghanistan so they would never have to give back Waziristan to Pakistan. So there's these deeper things beyond terrorism, beyond all this drama and all this stuff that's going on there. And if you even look, there's a lot of talk from the, the Afghans. So... That's that's why Taliban itself will never will never disappear because it's a gang mindset. Plus, they're being supported through funds from Pakistan and trained and built up in Waziristan. But it still seems like it was a waste of time. Then, correct? In, in some aspects, yeah. yes. In some aspects, no. You know, um, there's 20, 20 there was years a lot of freedom. Of, yeah, what yeah, they actually. Was. Yeah, but they they were able, so to, to Sean's point, there was a lot of freedom that was experienced by the youth, by people who, put it this way, when I first got there, because it was still in the, the, the infancy of this transformation, they were never allowed to watch TV or listen to music. Like a lot of these things were forbidden. You'd get slapped, you'd get, you'd get punished for having any of these outside media sources. In the process of me being there, I saw what it was like for teenagers and adults and a man and everybody see for the first time a, 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 a Indian from India, like a novella, soap opera. And they were just like fascinated and thralled. They started learning the songs. They started singing out in the open. It was almost like it was a music video in real life because they just be singing. You kind of be like, oh my lady, they're getting all into this, right? Like it was a weird transformation but it's 
but now now look at it. You're talking about what happened. Now look at the future of Afghanistan. It's going back to where it was at when you when you got there or before you got there. Uh, allegedly, That's it's going point. back, right? And I, I completely yes. totally feel you, right? But this is the part that I think, again, history is going to be written different. <laughs> We're going to see, because right now the, the media is painting our perspectives. What you see is what you're believing what you see, and you think it's all just going to be that way. My prediction, based on knowing some of the Afghans that I fought with, there's going to be a, a serious resistance. There's some that, that weren't really trained or weren't really committed, but there was some of the most patriotic Afghans that I've ever seen in my life. They're fighting for their country, like raising their flag, like our American flag back in the 1700s. Like these guys, like totally like hardcore soldiers of their country believing in that freedom because they saw kind of those little freedoms coming and they're like, wow, this is a good way of life that were just a hundred percent patriotic. And those are going to be the guys that are going to be ambushing the Taliban. They're going to turn into the Mujahideen. You're going to see, you're going to see that they're going to be these guys that are like the Mujahideen fighting the Taliban. And that was my follow-up question, and you answered it. Is it going to be a civil war or a revolution? Yes. And you just answered it. All right. There we go. Thank you for that question. Sean? Hey, so, Richard, do you really think the Taliban is going to be like it was 20 years ago? Because the world is watching them right now. Do you really think that's what they're going to be? Not at first. No, I don't think so either at first. At but first they, may, they may start working their way back toward it, but I think that's when the world will step in again. Women's rights are a big thing right now, especially in in, in Afghan. You know, I mean, yep. I have a friend of mine, uh, one of the guys I worked with up in, in Stanford was an Afghani, most brilliant guy I know, spoke six languages, just a brilliant man. And, and he just, he, I don't think the Taliban is going to do that again because they can't. The world's watching. Well, they, they will not do it right away. It's one of those things where, where there's cameras showing. Yes, it's going to seem like it's it's all it's all good. But I'm well, telling do, you right now. Do you think they'll remote, go back to it no matter what? They can't control it. See, this this is the thing. We think when we hear Taliban, we think that there's this uniformity throughout the whole country that all these all the Taliban fighters or Taliban uh, soldiers or whatever they want to call themselves, that they're all in the same sheet of music and they're all functioning in accordance with doctrine. They're not. Their doctrine is the Quran, how they interpret it. So the thing is, the the main political guys in power, they're going to say one thing, but it's kind of like when you're, you're, you're scattered about anyone who is affiliated with the Taliban, there's good and bad in all humans and they're going to exploit it. They're going to do, they doesn't did it the before. Quran, doesn't the Quran peach peace? I mean, I, I've, I've looked at part of the Quran. I mean, it, it doesn't promote hate. It promotes peace. It doesn't matter. They're going to, they're going to interpret things and execute how they see fit. For instance, I remember getting on the radio and talking to the Taliban over the Afghans little radio. Right. And yeah, I saw your they wanted post, to yeah. kill me. Yeah. They wanted to kill me even though I, I wanted peace. I wasn't trying to convert to any really nothing. I just wanted to help so we could build roads and they can function as a society. And it didn't matter. They wanted to kill me and they wanted to kill the Muslims that were with me. And the Muslims that were with me are some of the most humble, 
loving, down-to-earth people praying five mm-hmm. times a day, dedicated. They don't drink alcohol. Like they don't, they don't do they, they honor is a big thing. But yet they're Taliban are trying to kill them well, and they're just do, trying to fight. Well, we know in both religions, religion has been the biggest cause of death in history from any religion. We know that. Christians. Any, any religion is the biggest cause of death. More people have been killed by Christianity for religion than anything else. But, you know, I just, I feel bad right personally now in my military experience that the Taliban made an agreement that they would let people go to the airport. They would not hinder them. And we know signs that they have hindered them now. I mean, I think our, I think our allies, that my personal opinion, Richard, is we should have sat there and made sure our allies got two evacuation points before we left is my biggest deal right now because we left people there. And I don't, I, I don't like that as far as my government and I'm not blaming Biden. I'm not blaming Trump who made the original deal. I'm just saying, I feel bad now that we have left people there that helped us and we could have done a better job. And I'm not sure what your opinion is. Well, I, I blame Biden and I blame Trump. I blame all these, these fat spoiled and what I mean by fat is wealthy, who've gotten wealthy off government and affiliations, uh, politicians, who for them, it's always just about that money and pork chop barrel spending and, and looking good and getting reelected, spending millions to get reelected. I blame all them because all their time and all their energy are focused more on maintaining their power than giving power to the people. And for me, it pisses me off. I mean, you know, it pisses me off especially because the majority of them haven't been there and actually lived it. And there's a few, there's a few who are now elected prior military. That, I forget there was two that flew in to check out the situation. But to me, it's heartbreaking and it's the most disrespectful way to represent our country, especially where, when you have service members such as myself and others that are there and been there, that know the lay of the land. I've I've led You've multiple combat combat convoys through Kabul. You know, mm-hmm. pushing through in enemy territory, and you're telling me that we can't do something like that? Designate a route and say, look, Taliban, this route we're going to call it Route Red, and this route right here. If there's any bombing, if there's any IED, if there's any stopping or anything like that, we are going to blow you. We're going to call some fire support on you, you know, some air support on you. We no, can I, do that. I agree. The route, it's, it's not a, it doesn't take a genius to designate a road. There's only a few roads that go in and out, main freeways. So it's like, don't tell me that the DOD or, or politicians couldn't coordinate that effort, that international effort. We have that. We have that capability. We have to man up. We're not trying that, though. We have to man up. Anyway, I'm done with my question, so I think we still have Kevin and Mike. Kevin? Oh, uh, hey, how you doing, Major? Uh, thank you very good, much. Good, good. Um, I would like to just ask, what are, like, critics of the U.S. military, people that are just critical in general of the U.S. military that feel it's just a, like you were saying, uh, similar to the government, it's just this ever-expanding type entity. What do critics of the U.S. military, what do they overlook? 
So, so you're saying what do the critics overlook when they say that we're overextended or over, we overburden ourselves? Did I get that yeah. question correct? Yeah. Yeah. People that say, you know, far too much of our budget is, is uh, spent on military and that, um, you know, like government military needs to be watched and limited, um, you know, in that spirit of limited government where, you know, excess is always bad. Yeah. So I would say that um, even people within the military feel that way, that at some point, you know, we do overspend on the military, especially when it's not planned smartly, kind of like a lot of government institutions where there's just a lot of waste because they're not accounting. Like, and I'll give you an example. Rumsfeld, what, he, what did Donald Rumsfeld say back in uh, September 10th, 2001? Does anybody know what he said? So I know we're trying to throw military this and that, but let's be real here. Let's talk about what nobody wants to talk about, about the whole secret, the whole secrecy organizations that exist that really run our government. I think probably really run our politicians. But what did he say? on September 10th, 2011, before September 11th. September you're gonna 10th. Have, you're going to have to help us out here. Yeah. yeah, we don't know, Richard. Sorry. Okay. And that's sad. That is the most sad thing that has happened to our country, that none of you know this, especially – because you're contributors, you pay tax, and some give paid with blood and sweat. Well, we September might, we 10th. Might, we might know this, Richard. We might know September that. September 10th. Tell us. Tell us. Yeah, tell us what it is. Well, you would know. September 10th, 2011, Donald Rumsfeld stood in front of the, the Congress and said, we cannot account for $1.7 trillion of military spending. Okay. Yeah. Ironically, the next day we have nine eleven. So the okay, that's why I'm sorry, Richard. Wanna... It was it was September tenth, two thousand and one. Uh, oh, sorry. Two, yeah, yeah. Okay, so this I'm is a digit off. Um, no, but <laughs> this is this this is something I actually did know, uh, and this is something that a lot of conspiracy theorists used for the longest time because they said, isn't it ironic that when we were going to focus on where that money is, this tragedy happened. Go ahead. And then the, the alleged jet, of course, burnt all the documents that you would have needed in order to confirm in the Pentagon. It hit, it hit right in the Pentagon, right in the spot where these documents are at. Right. So as long as we can just say conspiracy theorists, then we can live in Disneyland and, and just live all comfortable. Anything that makes us feel uncomfortable, which is it's Disneyland, it's conspiracy. But my point, back to Kevin, is there's trillions that get spent that are not accounted for, that are not necessarily just in in the military actions abroad. And there's a lot of billions that are wasted, like on bases and and just. I'll give you an example, Kevin, that really pissed me off when I was in Afghanistan the second time. I went to a base, and on this base there was about 35 generators connected to 35 buildings. And out of those, there was probably 28 that were, or out now about 50% of those buildings weren't really even occupied. 
But because we had a, a contract with Halliburton and one of those big, giant, mega corporations that became billionaires over this 20-year war, right? These buildings were empty and the janitors are still running. And we're still paying $150,000 a year for each of these generators just to run. Just because. And nobody no, was using it or nothing. So that's a waste. Yeah, right. That's a waste. Richard, you know as well as I do in the military, because I was a supply person in the military, you had a budget. If you didn't use your whole budget that whole year, it got cut. I had to re, I had to donate backboards from the medical profession. I had to donate them to local facilities so I could buy new backboards. Otherwise, my budget would be cut by $5,000. Yeah. That's the military. It's not, it's not, it's not it's designated to save money. It's designated to, to spend the, the, money. So let me tell you the, 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 the taboo topic, contracting, consulting. When you do research on the contracting billion-dollar industry and the consulting industries, you start finding a lot of shady things, yeah. especially with a lot of retired folks like myself who had yeah. offers to go work for those companies. And make a very healthy living, living in the D.C. area and all that area, right? I could have taken that route and been extremely wealthy and everything while our country goes in debt. So, yeah. I mean, that's another topic. But, Kevin, I totally get I would say, yes, I agree with people that say that because there's a lot of people. If more money was just spent on what the military is supposed to be spending on, which is up-to-date equipment, so we don't get outperformed. <laughs> to taking care of its veterans so we stay healthy and strong in the families. If it was all concentrated on that, it'd be amazing. But then I would say 70% of that ridiculous budget doesn't even touch the veterans, doesn't even touch equipment, doesn't even touch training. So Goes to when BS. we finally have an audit, right, that's not all of a sudden just forgotten, trillions forgotten because some significant event happens, when we finally have accountability, then I think it will function the way it was intended to. So I agree with a lot of what those people believe. There's a lot of waste. Thank you very much for uh, your response. Um, yeah, no, I, I definitely appreciate that. And I, 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 I share the contempt for the private contractors uh, for accounting for the majority of the waste than the people that wanted to work within the system and do it, uh, you know, uh, uh, without the profit incentive in some sort of way. So let me uh, just end with this in regards sure. to that real quick. Sure. My second deployment, it was basically everything military was privatized. Kind of mm -hmm. like the government, they, how they're trying to privatize everything with education. It was privatized. From the food that was being served, the cleaning, the laundry, uh, everything, everything around there, almost even some IT people. I, I had workers that were out of the military and became contractors that I was in charge of. But they made a good salary, and guess who else made a lot? Those yeah. people that Dynacore, whoever hired them. So Somebody my point is it turned into complete commercialism. Combat was commercialism. You go to any base and you're like, what in the hell? I thought this is combat. There was like coffee shops and it was like a, it was like a, a, a getaway. And there's this term they use pogue, right? For anybody that's in the base and doesn't go out in combat stuff. It was ridiculous. It was almost like a, a combat resort, you know, in mm -hmm. some areas. And that was my second deployment. My first one, I was in the shit. 
So I got to experience that combat aspect. And then I, when I went on a base and never left the base, I just thought to myself, wow, billions are being spent just so these contractors can make all this money. Kevin, do you have another question or? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I, I mean, I totally sympathize. Like somebody's getting a taste of every MRE that you eat while you're trying to <laughs> do the right thing. And that I, 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 that is totally not right. Yeah. My second question was, I mean, do you support the, uh, the United States work, um, acting as the world's police? Like does somebody need to do it? No. Yes. Okay. No. Very quick and easy. Love it. Mike. Uh, if yeah. our country was perfect right now, if it was perfect and we we're just, we had a surplus of funds and this and that, then maybe, yeah, we could help. But right now it's like, we got to lick our wounds. Mm-hmm. When are we going to heal as a country with all this bullshit divide stuff, you know? So anyways. No, I agree hundred percent. Thank you. Hey Richard, what's going on? Hey, how's it going? Um, it occurs to me as you talk, um, I guess my question is, what would have been your timeline? What, how would you have laid out the perfect scenario for us originally going to Afghanistan and leaving? So it definitely would have been, for me, I think six months right away. That's usually the timeline for a Marine Expeditionary Unit deployment. So you can, you can deploy a MU, right? The same way we evac people from Africa, from from. Uh, different countries that are in turmoil and, and the Navy ships pull up and we help uh, extract people from danger, you know, from, from Haiti, Rwanda, whatever, right? The same way we approach that operation like that, the humanitarian mission, which is written into the Marine Expeditionary Unit mission, we would have in sync with, with Trump's decision to get out and with Biden's decision to just kind of you know, make whatever statements he made, there would have been a six month plan where anyone who was an interpreter, anybody was a direct liaison to an American officer, such as myself, right. Or senior enlisted or enlisted that worked on an ETT embedded training team, right. They would have been given the opportunity because they were the ones whose faces were out there more than just a common soldier. They were the ones talking to, vil- to to village elders. They were the ones, you know, trying to uh, negotiate peace and stuff like that. So they were the they were the the poster boards of the Afghan National Army, right? These interpreters and these Afghans. They would have been designated people like me because we're going crazy right now. I'm talking to brothers I haven't talked to in years because we're so pissed off, right? We would have done what we're doing right now. We would have got a notification because I was already writing letters for this guy, right? And mm-hmm. we would have organized that evac the same way we would in any contested area that a mu would execute you know they have the helos they have everything to take people to there okay and it would have been known right that we are doing this and if there was any interference through taliban or anybody we would have crushed them i'm telling you the taliban is nothing it's it's like a gang where anybody can claim it at any time and just like claim it and be it and then just disappear into the into the crowd you know it's more a representing like oh i'm telling that now now i'm not so you can well, you never know, get rid of it you know trump's original deadline was may 31st to get out of to get out of afghanistan right biden pushed it back 
many months. And I, I, I agree with you, Richard. I think they should have done more for this, but the original deadline was May 31st. Mike, do you have okay, a... I wanna, yeah, yeah ahead, I want to finish up my question because I, I wanted a, a larger answer. I wanted an answer encompassing the original mission, you know, how long should oh, we have you. been there? Yeah, yeah that, that as well. You've answered the second part of it. The original mission, how long should we have been there? And then you've mentioned the exit part, which needed to be organized, and we needed to certainly uh, take care of the friends and their families, apparently, that were um, that were in our service to help us while we were there. Yes. So for, for and looking back at everything, if I were in charge at that time, we definitely wouldn't have been there longer than been five years and we wouldn't have put in all all the, the the funds and everything that we did it would not happen our presence could have been there on a smaller scale a non-kinetic non-combat action type of involvement but it wouldn't have been past five years it's not our responsibility to build up governments that's not us you know it's ironic that you have um you got NATO, right? You have the, the 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 different governments that are associated with like New World Order type of a world organization, world governments, right? All these these giant entities, these uh, kind of elusive entities of who really runs them and funds or whatever. You have these giant entities that, if they're gonna be something. Right, they need to be able to stand on their own without the U.S. putting such a huge amount of our resources into it. And I think that's one thing. I think Trump, he kind of called everybody out on it. He's like, "Why is the U.S. for for these forces providing the majority of the funding for it and the money?" And he's like, "No, we're not. Everybody needs an equal share." And everybody lost their mind and hated him for it, etc. But it's true. He was right. Do we really need to be pouring the majority of the money and blood into nation building? Because it wasn't just us, Mike. It wasn't just us. I was there with the French. Right. I was there with Germans that were blown up and French that were blown up. I was there with Canadians. Even Egyptians were there. So it wasn't just U.S. and U.S. The British, they were all there under that one umbrella, the world government umbrella, right? But guess who was paying the most for all the the equipment, for all the food, the uniforms, and even blood? It's Americans that gave the most. Who, where in the Constitution did it become our responsibility now to have to pay so much to those organizations? Right? Does that that makes no sense? So so for me, five years with the type of, of funds and resources that we put in, right? After those five years, if the, uh, the UN, United Nations, right? If they wanted to stay still there, the way they, they stay there, the way they wanted to, because that was pushed through the United Nations, ladies and gentlemen. It was pushed through them. We should not have put in so much of our resources, okay? Should have yeah. been... Canada or Britain or, you know, it's, it's ironic how our, our Muslim brothers, they didn't really put in much. Why is that? You know, so anyways, it's, yeah. Mike, are you done with the questions? One more quick one and, and not an easy one. Do you think America has a moral obligation to take care of those 
Afghanis who were supporting us, keeping us alive, keeping yes. us hopefully Absolutely. doing the right thing. Absolutely, and, and, because people, okay, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. And, and, and yeah, you do, go ahead. So yes, because they weren't there just serving their country. We needed them to survive, to communicate, to give us intelligence and tips about where not to go because this person's saying this, that, things that we would have never known and fall into traps. They, they were there assisting, helping, and fighting along our sides. You know, so we needed them. I'm alive because of them. So if my life doesn't matter, if Marines and others, so our lives don't matter when we're out there sacrificing, then no, we don't have a moral obligation. And you guys can go eat your goddamn cake and barbecue and, and be a spoiled-ass country and be ungrateful. Or we can honor the fact of the sacrifices that we made, sacrifices that they made, and help them out. Help Isn't them that- and support them. Because it's not all Afghans. People are confusing. They're like, oh, we're getting all these Afghans. All these, oh, what if Al-Qaeda comes? Dude, dude, like, we're not talking about the whole country here. We're talking about the very few in the hundreds, hundreds, not thousands, that help save our lives. That's who we're talking about. And their families that are about to get killed or taken as sex slaves. That's who we're talking about. Wasn't our goal, Richard, is to kill bin Laden? Hold on, Sean. I'm sorry, man. I, that's, that's a great question, but uh, hold on, because I, I don't know how much time we have with him. And I actually want to get at him a little bit. Mike, are you are you completely done? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, good. Thanks, Richard. Richard. Do me a favor. Can you look? Can you look into camera? I'm gonna look in, into camera, and we're gonna do a quick a quick fire. Okay. Um, I'm asked a couple of questions. If you don't want to answer it, just tell me I don't want to answer it or whatever. So my goal is to eventually get you on relevancy by the sea, which is going to be a three hour long interview with you. Uh, I needed to get you in here first because it's a hot topic now and this show needed you and I am grateful and I appreciate that you come here, but we're going to get you on a three hour interview because we're going to really delve into your terrific story as a young man and how you got to be where you're at. So I'm going to start with my questions now. My first question to you is, do you feel powerless? When it comes to helping your, your, so you do, you you do feel powerless. I, I feel powerless and extremely angry. But then today I got a little bit of hope. Look into camera powerless. because more powerless. When this is on video, it's gonna it, it's gonna have us go yeah. go back and forth, and I want you to look into camera. So yeah, more more powerless right now. What is the little hope you got? The hope is that they will make it to the airport safely. I'm finally getting feedback that that you know that they're almost ready to receive them and they need to know what they're going to be wearing and they need to have these forms that I filled out. They need to have them printed out or on a phone. So I didn't get that before till actually an hour and 20 minutes before I got on the show, I received that, filled it out, send it. And now they're saying that there's a chance that they need to know what gate they're going to come through. And so for me, that gave me some hope. Now I feel kind of sad because I keep imagining what's going to happen because I know the way we control the roads, the Taliban's controlling the roads. And the minute that they pull them over and search them and see these forms that they're being told to have on them to show, they're gonna get, he's gonna get killed. And his two sons will probably get killed and his wife and three little daughters will be taken away. Okay. So, yeah. So 
you know this current administration is being hit by both the left and the right, okay? And the left is saying, if we left troops in Germany, Japan for decades after World War II, why couldn't we leave something in, in Afghanistan? Can you answer those critics right there, why we just can't leave people in Afghanistan if we left soldiers in Germany and Japan after World War II? So I would say that you need a huge force there if you're going to leave anything. So we couldn't just leave the size of forces that we have in these other countries, Germany and Japan, because it would be a huge footprint. We would need a big footprint. Otherwise, we would have troops there with the Taliban getting emboldened and doing what they're doing now, which is challenging the U.S. and everybody else. Just to get so, rep, correct? Yes. Because right now, just, the fact I'm that being. they said that the Taliban, I'm sorry, the fact that the fact that the fact that the Taliban said we're drawing a red line, you need to be out at August Thirty uh, first. I'm sorry. I just got a, a text and it distracted the shit out of me. Um. So okay. Uh. Second question. Or sorry, not even second question. An- another question that I have. You really gave us a bit of everything. You gave us a ton of information that I hope this audience really swifts uh, shifts through. But what I really want you to do, and the reason why I want to bring you back, is because I got a lot of emails, got a lot of direct messages from active soldiers and wives of soldiers. As you know, this show has more women listeners than men, but a lot of wives of active duty soldiers wrote in four questions for you. And um, there was a common theme. My husband, my fiance has uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. He's telling me I'm going to have to go back in. Is I know you're retired. I know you're you're in the civilian world. You're doing different things now. But is there anything that you could tell these active soldiers to comfort them? Or is there anything from your experience that you have, can you say to them directly? So I would say that because uh, there's different, different tiers, right? There's those that may be worried about getting recalled to go back. Mm-hmm. because of some kind of big operation. And there's those that are hurt, that are hurt. Like I, I've seen grown men over the past two weeks cry. I've cried, you know, active duty Marines crying and their wives trying to figure out what to do to help them out. And this might be the case for some of your listeners. And it's hurtful. It, it, <sighs> give me a second. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll come through. No, it's fine. It, it, it's hurtful because it essentially, by not caring and not taking action, it disrespects all the blood, all the hope, the love that was put into the freedom for the Afghans. And for our country, we believed that we were serving you, the people of America. So... To abandon people who fought with us, Mm -hmm. who essentially were serving just by the nature of them serving with us, Mm -hmm. to abandon them is not the American way. Mm -hmm. We're better than that as a country. So the best thing to do is just know 
that, you know, your husband, they give, they give it all. They write that blank check to serve with honor. Mm-hmm. And right now they're fe- feeling like their honor is being stepped on. So it's best to just let them know, you know, that you love them, you care about them and, and put them in touch with other service members. I've had, like I said, I've talked to people who I haven't talked to in years because we're devastated. Mm-hmm. And th- there's nothing that feels better than talking to another veteran that almost gave their life, but we're still here. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing and- better than talking to them and just being able to to let it go because we're frustrated. We feel helpless and something needs to happen. And I'm so pissed off the the Congress woman that's in charge of my district, 19th district, never responded to me. Uh, I have other people whose Congress people, you know, their 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 associates or so, their, their secretaries are emailing. But this is a big deal. So but they're you're acting kind like it's of not. get you're you're kind of answering my next question before me even asking it. My next question is: You're here shed, shedding tears. You know, you're here giving your best and explain to those that are currently active because you're now retired and you're not going to go back. I mean, that's that's fair to say. Correct. You're, you're done. You're out. You're retired. So how does it feel when you have people tell you what a great hero you are? Thank you for your service. But then when they turn the head, say, well, I don't care about those Afghan interpreters or I don't care about this and that. We're spending too much money. How does it make you feel? Do you feel like a pawn ripped between these two sides that are using this situation to either get A, political brownie points, B, push through their narrative? Do you feel like a pawn because of that? Absolutely. It's it's the, the best example of just exploding your service members, having no respect for them, looking at it as just a worthless pawn. That's That's what we feel like. We feel like no one cared. Like we did it kind of back to to what was discussed earlier. Like we did it for nothing. Like it didn't matter. Because if it mattered, we'd be helping them out right now. So what can not, so we do as citizens to make something matter? You got to write your congressman. That's the only thing we have that we can do, post things. And this is what I, I, this is what I have to say to the world right here. Okay. Look, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate you saying you care. I appreciate you even feeling like you care. Okay. I appreciate that. But the only person that that is serving is you and your ego. If you just say you care and if you just care internally. If you want to do good for this world and the reason why our world's all screwed up is because what you need to do if you want to do good and what needs to happen is take action. Write the congressman and do it in a very explicit way or congresswoman and post on your page. You know, just support your military. I'm retired, but there's still some that are active duty. Support them because we're hurting. We're pissed. Amen. We were there with them. We saw the character and the honor in these Afghans that served with us. Okay, like literally with us, slept in the same rooms. Okay, I need you. I need you to set me straight. I need you to correct me with this next thing I'm going to say. Last week, we talked about Afghanistan. I called it Afghanistan part one. This is part two because we knew we were going to have you in. I said to I said, okay, I said. And some people feel like me, but majority don't whatever. 
But I said, we can't care more about that country than than their own countrymen. Am I being ignorant when I say that? So we can't care about that country more than our own country. Yes. Well, if I feel, they yeah, hate, I feel like yeah, there's, go ahead. I'm sorry, please. So I feel like there's a lot of countrymen that do care. Mm-hmm. It just, the, the way the Afghans operate, you got to understand, it's like rumors, right? It's like, oh, Taliban's taking over. Americans are gone. So everybody starts freaking out and like, oh my God, run to the hills, right? Kind of like here when there's a, a terrorist attack or a shooting or some kind of calamity that occurs in our country. How does everybody act? They act like it's happening in their community too, right? So there's this natural propaganda in news and everything that freaks everybody out and they start reacting to it, right? right? But within a few days, they're already protesting in Jalalabad. They're already, now there's insurgencies coming up because they're realizing that it wasn't as exaggerated okay. as the news. Tried to I'm put. so sorry for interrupting you because what, what you have to say is very important, but I need you to answer that. Was I ignorant in saying something like that? Was yes. I wrong? <laughs> Yes, oh, oh, Chris, Chris. Yes, I, I would think- say I would say you were ignorant because you're not completely informed of exactly what's happening. And a lot Richard. of what's being pushed to you is through the media. But like I said, give it another week or two and you're going to start seeing this dramatic shift Richard, and this I, fighting I, I, back. I think what Chris means is that that the Afghan army that we trained for 20 years, basically in the Afghan um, administration folded without really a fight. I think that's what he means. Do we so think let me that's... tell you who folded. Yeah, and it's wrong. It's incorrect. You're correct with the fact that the administration folded. Right. The minute that president left the way he oh, did, yeah. that's where the army is like, damn, we're not going to get paid no more, I guess. We're not going to, like, how are we going to function if the president left? Because yeah. the president's a freaking coward. He never served in the military. Okay. You see what I'm saying? That's what's unfortunate about your politicians. Guess oh, what all those rich politicians okay. did in Afghanistan? They bounced. So the thing is, what you're going to see is you're, there's some amazing, strong, brave. I know some that have died. I've been there. Okay. That gave everything. That the most heroic. They'll take out a whole platoon of Taliban. They're let not me, scared of the Taliban. Let, uh, let me sort of redirect this to the audience. In other words, I was ignorant and, knowing, and, and for one. Two, two, two major different ways. Um, I don't think I was influenced by the media narrative. I, it's a feeling that I had, and I even equated it to when uh, white people were more passionate about Black Lives Matter than black people. But uh, I was also ignorant because, you know, major, major, major point, that I should have said, doctor made a major point, and where, you know, they said, he said, okay, the president leaves and he left with luxury cars, by the way. That's what's in reports. And bags of money like Scrooge McDuck in the cartoon series. And these military men were like, how are we going to get paid? What's going to happen? I got to think about my family. If this goes south, I have to make sure my wife doesn't get raped. My daughter doesn't turn into a sex slave or you know, I mean, Afghanistan's major in the heroin market. So they went home. I was fucking wrong. Yeah, they went home. That's what a lot of people. Media is not tracking. The minute where all the money's gone and all the associates and the government and this and that, they know that they're the ones that supply the, the pay. So it's like they're all stationed in bases, like Black Horse, Pulacharki, all these different bases all around. 
like from different regions. It was beautiful seeing the diversity, yes. even in the Afghan army. Ooh, that so was another major question. they're all concentrated there and they're like, hey, we're not getting paid no more or whatever. What do you do? Just like, like Chris said, you go home. So then by them going home, what does the media say? Oh, look at all the, they, the Afghans they, retreating. They abandoned and, the bases. And, they left yeah. the weapons. Yeah, they're just like, they're like, oh, look at they're just giving up. But no, they're trying to go home to take care of their families because staying there, there's no food. Okay. You're going to stay there and starve or start robbing people? This is no a, one's, you see? Sorry, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. This is a terrific uh, interview. I, I, I need to end the show now. Uh, we've, we've hit time. Um, uh, I would love to have you back on Relevancy by the Sea where I could actually read you the questions people wrote for you. And uh, I want to end it there. Before I do, I want to do a special uh, PSA. And uh, Sean, I, w- w- would you like to take it up from with this? I think sure. this is an important topic. Sean? Yeah. All right, guys. This is a, a very interesting PSA I think all men need to know about. I have a breast lump. I got it um, mammogrammed. I had an ultrasound and mammogram. I need to have a biopsy done on Monday. Men get breast cancer. I don't know what it is yet. It's big. It's sore. It's underneath my nipple, and it's not good. So uh, hopefully it's going to be okay, but I'm going to follow this on the show. I want to tell people the common symptoms of male breast cancer, okay, are fatigue, weight loss, which I don't have. Thank God I'm fat as hell. Uh, discharge from the nipple, which I don't have. Lump under the nipple is more suspicious, but any lump in the breast, my lump is under the nipple. Skin rash, skin redness, and inverted nipple. And my nipple started to invert a little bit. I mean, I'm very open about my stuff. I have no problem with my medical condition. Uh, the rate of male breast cancer is very low. In 100,000 um, cases, 1.28% are men. So it's very low. And the rate of death is 0.029%, which is very low compared to women, which is 19%. In 2017, about 847,000 women died of breast cancer. Luckily, only 510 men died of it. We die of other stuff. But anyway, this is a PSA because I want people to know. I'm going to keep you informed because I'm having a biopsy done on Monday to see what this is. And I'll keep everyone informed about what it is. But I had a painful lump under my breast, and I just want men to know it's important. It's important. Absolutely. You can't. You can have breast cancer even if you're a man. I hope mine's not. Pray to God. But so, you know what? I got to do what I got to do. So I just want to let people know. Think about your boobs. I'd like to thank uh, Dr. Ruiz for coming in today and telling his story. I, I hope that he, you know, he's a very busy man. We will try to make time for a relevancy by the sea where we could do a real three hour sit down, hardcore interview. Hopefully by then he'll have some more information about his interpreter. And if he made it out, uh, you know, I'm glad he made it because I wanted my ignorance exposed. Um, I would like to take the panel. A lot of our other panels uh, couldn't make it all the way through the show, but that's okay. The video will be up soon. Um, please continue to write in. I will have the link uh, to the news article from the Giroy Dispatch about Dr. Ruiz, and it's a terrific article. I actually read it. It's 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 just a fun read to see all the things this. Uh, this gentleman has done for our country, for his family, and how proud his family is of him and how proud 
you know, he is being an American. I mean, wow, we, we, we just had a terrific time with him. Uh, thank you for showing your emotion and thank you for showing men how to cry when it comes to something this serious. Sean, thank you for that important PSM, the PSA. A lot of men, you know, that's where the whole phase man boobies come from. And you know what? It's okay. There's things that happen and we need to be aware. This is two, this is 2021. Thank you very much. Thank you for watching. We could be wrong, but who cares? We'll be back next week. Love you guys. Okay, we're going to be off air now. Off air. Nice show. Recording yeah. stopped. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> it was a good show, guys. It was a good show. Sorry, Chris. I was the... No, uh, no, it's fine, man. It, it, you know what? It's, it, it's, it's not even a problem. The problem was that your text message came across my computer screen. And it, I, uh, I usually... Because I'm usually on my phone checking. I get people, a lot of people write to me. And what when I it came say, across... What, what uh -huh. I was saying was Germany surrendered. There's a difference. Yeah. yeah, Japan and Germany, and there was a treaty which stipulated terms that would not allow them to have an army and would allow us to keep a true presence in their country for an extended yeah. period That's of time. That's a great point. Um, again, this is what a lot of the left-wing media is really slamming Biden on. I mean, look, this topic is not going to be one and done. We'll, we'll probably talk about this again, especially after the 31st. You know, exactly because I mean, uh, it's 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 insane. But I would like to thank all you guys, uh, Richard. I know you haven't ate yet, man. Please go eat. <laughs> thank you again. I appreciate it, gentlemen. Yeah. It means a lot, especially getting the the this information out because yes. there are a lot of misconceptions that that's kind of intended. And I've been I following your, your posts on Facebook, yeah. Richard. I love I feel, your, I, your. I feel bad for your Afghani brother. Yeah, I. I I appreciate that question or that statement about, you know, that the cowardice, cowardice of, of Afghans, because right now that's one of the top conversations yeah. amongst the embedded training team advisors, the guys that actually fought with them yeah. that were extremely pissed off of how the media is portraying them as this, this, these soldiers that just ran and, and you see those of cheesy Afghan soldiers and there's some hardcore, amazing Afghan soldiers out there that are like the most paid, like imagine the most patriotic American. Yes. Right. But now turn them into an Afghan patriotic Afghan. So for us, we know that. So, but again, the whole pay thing, that's the biggest thing. Well, it's mm -hmm. important, right? You know? Everybody wants to get paid. I mean, period. Yeah, they need to feed their families. Yeah. Once your government is gone, like right now, for instance, for me, I get a retirement right from the government. Yeah. If okay, the American government's been disbanded. All bets are off. You're not getting anything. It's like I just I, I just feel bad that all that. You know what am I going to do now? Equipment. I feel bad that all the equipment we gave the Afghan army is now in Taliban hands. Yep. Well, that I was going to happen eventually. I, it, it, it was literally, really going to happen. happen. That that well, that country. No. Thank you, oh, thank you, man. Thank all you. Right. We'll see you later. See you later. That country is known I, I, for destroying empires. I wish they had empires. put up a little bit of fight. I wish they had put up a little bit of fight. It would have made it look better. Well, we'll Folding talk right off. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. We'll talk about it again after August 31st. Guys, I have to go. I've, I work 10 hours. I have not had dinner myself. What? I, I, I got to go. Um, but we need to have a, a show meeting. Um, yeah. I just can't fucking have people not show up 30 minutes before, and I can't have people... 
uh, fucking leave in the middle of the show. So we we, we got to talk about this. We're doing great on numbers, but this shit is going to destroy this show if we don't fucking do it. So I got you, brother. I'll, talk, I'll, 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 I'll give you guys all a call soon. Thank you, guys. Bye. Ciao.